It's good to have some homegrown missionaries, and uh, I hope you'll uh, continue to uh, support them, support them in prayer, and when they're home, uh, call them to ministry. Uh, Call them to come and get involved in what you're doing here, and you minister to them. Um, For Christmas... uh, Pastor Chris gave me a book that I just really love. I started reading that thing and I could hardly put it down. It's a biography of a man that has influenced me probably as much as any human being uh, in the last uh, 20 years. I first read one of his major works in uh, 1998. That's back in the last millennium. And uh, that's when I really began to fall in love with the Lord Jesus. And so I've read just about everything that I can get my hands on that he's written. I watch videos of his teaching. I've had the blessing of interacting with him face to face. And the thing I love about Dallas Willard is he's the real deal when it comes to being a Christian. Uh, He's a heavy thinker. Uh, but he thinks deeply about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're told in uh, Hebrews 13:7 to take a careful look at the people that we learn from and see the outcome of their life. Where's their life headed? Uh, when we uh, pay attention to uh, the Word of God and someone is explaining it to us, are they a person who walks the walk as well as just talking the talk. The world needs people who can show us how uh, to live the Christian life. As we continue on in our little series here in the book of Titus, we're going to give you a biography today of this man Titus. Um, One of the things that I appreciated so much about reading the biography of Dallas Willard is that Uh, solidified and clarified uh, some of the things that were a a burden on his heart and some of the things that uh, uh, made him tick. And so as we do this in respect to God's servant Titus, I hope it will give you an insight and maybe motivate you to uh, learn from some of the example that he gives us. Uh, Today we're going to see how good leaders are able to show others how to to live Christ. Show this, show how. Not just tell you, but show you. That's one of the most important things in the whole aspect of discipleship is to tell a person, to show them how, to be with them as they do, and then trust them on with doing it by the Holy Spirit's guidance. And um, uh, we see in this character Titus, a person who learned by actually doing it. Titus is a man that was able to show how to live Christ. When I talk about living Christ, what I mean is when we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, Scripture is very clear that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us, and he doesn't go away no matter what we do. By the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and God the Father take up residence in us. That means wherever we go, they are with us, and furthermore, we are with them. And this with God life is something that we really need to dial into 
in living the Christian life. To live Christ is to live in the reality that he is with us and that we can engage in an interactive day-to-day conversation with him where we can sense him directing us. Countless times I've been in situations where I've had to say, Lord, I don't know what I don't know what's needed here. But I know you're with me and I know you know. So I'll just follow your lead. And you know, if you live life that way, uh, God is going to do great things in you and through you. Now we see that uh, uh, Titus was a man that uh, learned from others. Uh, you'll have in your note taker there, one side is uh, just pretty well written out notes, and then the flip side we'll get to in a little bit. So let's hurry through this basic biography of, of Titus. We see that uh, he was a Gentile convert, and uh, he accompanied the Apostle Paul on a lot of the work that Paul did. Uh, Barnabas was a very famous companion of Paul, and we, we read in, in the book of Acts and in Galatians and in other New Testament books that Titus was part of that group that often traveled with Paul. And Titus was in on a lot of uh, firsthand experiences in the early, uh, early years of the Christian church. As an associate of, of Paul and Barnabas, he basically grew up in the church in Antioch. The church in Antioch in Syria was the first uh, example of Gentiles really pouring into the kingdom of God by faith in Christ. And so there was a, a mixed uh, uh, culture there. They had a lot of Jewish believers and a lot of Gentile believers. And so Titus grew up in that milieu there. He was trusted by those who knew him very well. And so he was part of this uh, embassy that went from Antioch to Jerusalem when this big dispute over the right teaching of the gospel boiled over. Here in Antioch, they had a strong Jewish base. They had the Hebrew scriptures. They had the good news of Jesus Christ giving us ready access to God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who had covered every sacrificial need, who had covered the sins, who had removed the shame, and had provided free and ready access to a living relationship with God Almighty. Now, the people in the Jewish tradition, they said, well, you know, we better pay attention to the Old Testament law. And if these Gentiles want to really become Christians, we need to make them Jewish first, and then they can come to Christ. That was quite a controversy because a lot of these Gentiles had already believed in Christ. They had received the Holy Spirit. And so how were some of them saying, no, you can't be a real Christian until you observe certain requirements of the Jewish law? And so there got to be quite a a dispute over this there in the church in Antioch. And in Acts chapter 15, uh, uh, it describes the, the heated debate that came up 
And at one point, it uses a term that, that describes they were, they were at the point of fisticuffs when the Holy Spirit finally calmed them down. And they said, you know, we better go get some other counsel on this. So they, they chose uh, Paul and Barnabas. And we read in Galatians chapter 2 that Titus was part of that group that traveled from uh, uh, Antioch in Syria up to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles and get, a, get their take on this. So in Acts 15, they had their meeting. Uh, they carried on debate. Uh, they had closed sessions with uh, people that were really informed on this, and they hammered it out. And finally they heard from uh, Peter, and his ministry to the Gentiles. You'll recall that he was the first one of the apostles that had a Gentile convert in Cornelius, recorded there in Acts chapter 10. And so Peter explained how he had given the gospel to the Gentiles, and they likewise had received the Holy Spirit, just as the Jewish believers had received the Spirit upon believing in Jesus. And so then they heard from Paul and, and Barnabas what God had done with them and through them in their missionary endeavors. And so they, uh, in this context, they were searching the Hebrew scriptures. And James uh, led a great conclusion. He said, you know, it says here in the Old Testament, uh, it says here in our prophets, they didn't call it the Old Testament, by the way, but he said here in the prophets, God has said that from among the Gentiles, he will bring out a people for his own possession. And so based upon the word of God, based upon the witness of credible men, they said, you know, you don't have to become a Jew in order to become a Christian. Well, uh, that sort of settled the debate officially, but all Paul's life, he had uh, Jewish people who said, you must keep the law. You have to obey the rules in order to be a real Christian. And you know, we have a problem with that nowadays. Uh, There are Christians who try to get other Christians uh, to perform and to live the way that they think ought to be right. And so they make a list of rules. And if you do this, don't do that. Do this, 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 and not do that, that, that. uh, Then you can be a real Christian. Well, I have good news for you if you've been misled into thinking that. Uh, Paul wrote in his great letter to the church at Rome that the, those who are just by faith, those who seek righteousness with God by faith in Jesus Christ, they are the ones who live. The just by faith shall live. And so Titus was in on all of this. He was learning by experience. He saw how Paul and Barnabas could interact with opponents. And so he was well prepared and well suited for the ministry that God gave him there in the island of Crete. As a co-laborer with Paul, he was trusted uh, with vital ministries there in uh, point three. He was sent by Paul to stabilize the chaotic Corinthian church. And that church in Corinth was uh, one problem after another. But you know, I'm so thankful that Uh, That church was the way they were so that we would have the letters that we have that deal with the way we are as a church oftentimes. They struggled with divisions. They struggled with uh, immorality. 
going on. They struggled with thinking and believing wrong teachings. Uh, They had problems within their marriages. All these things that are common within the body of Christ down to the present. And God gives us good and wonderful instruction by the Holy Spirit through these letters to the church at Corinth. Another great thing to know about Titus is that um, he was very trustworthy when it came to money. Uh, He oversaw the collection of uh, quite a, a substantial gift from the churches in Macedonia, the Gentile churches in the uh, Greek province of Macedonia, um, that was carried by Titus and other trustworthy men to the churches in Judea that were experiencing a time of famine and uh, having a hard time just surviving. So I really like this to think about it, that here were mission churches supporting the sending church. That's kind of a flip, isn't it? But we have something very similar going on in the, in the present day in which we live. The, uh, rather than sending uh, monetary gifts and things, uh, other churches and other cultures are sending us gifted Christians to minister here among us. Uh, One of my favorites is uh, Edgar, Edgar and Maria. They're doing a tremendous ministry here, and they're perfectly suited for that because, uh, you know, if I had to communicate uh, in the Spanish, most of which I've forgotten, uh, I could get people pretty confused. But Edgar, he knows the heart, he knows the language, he knows the culture, he knows the emotional sense. Uh, He's a perfect person for that. And I really rejoice in what God is doing in our day in sending, if you please, missionaries from these other areas to America. Just like we continue to send missionaries, for instance, to the Philippines. Uh, God is doing a wonderful work in the, in the day in, in which we live. And uh, as we look back at Titus and see his example, I hope you'll be encouraged on this. Um, He ministered with Paul um, right up to the end of Paul's ministry. He was one of the few that just stayed with Paul, even when he was in prison. Uh, He ministered to Paul during his first imprisonment, and then in his second imprisonment, uh, from which he probably did not uh, get out of that alive, uh, Titus was on hand to encourage and minister to Paul and to uh, take care of the ministry to the churches that weighed on the heart of Paul. And so I want you to see that uh, Titus was a person that could show others how to live Christ because he had learned uh, from master teachers. And that's what we want to replicate in the body of Christ as much as possible. Uh, It was through the experiences that God gave Titus uh, that he became well qualified. You see, we don't become qualified servants of God just by taking some classes. Uh, We don't get a degree that says, now you're authorized, uh, you're qualified. That may be on the way to that, 
But real life experience in ministering to the people of God and helping them learn what the gospel really is about and helping people learn how Jesus Christ transforms us the more we learn to live his life and let him live life in us. That's a wonderful thing uh, that we need in leadership in the body of Christ. And so God trained him through a lot of the experiences that he had. Uh, God also uh, prepared Titus and trained him and gave him to be as an example to us, one that we can imitate, one we can emulate. And by God's grace, uh, learn to live this kind of a with God life that Titus was able uh, to impart to the churches there on the island of Crete. Now, I'd like you to uh, uh, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 with me, and we're going to focus in on a section here that gives us a little bit more of the uh, outworking of the, the life of Titus, it gives us more of his character. So from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, there are some important things that we see here. Uh, we see that uh, Titus was an encourager to God's servants. Look at verse 5 here. Paul is uh, describing what it was like to hear back from the, the church at Corinth the first time that Titus had gone to visit them. And he says, For even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were afflicted on every side, conflicts without, fears within. Sort of sounds like some of the songs we were singing, doesn't it? Well, the Lord knows us. He knows us personally. He's always ready to help us, and we need not fear. But God often sends his help in the form of other people. Look at verse 6. God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Isn't that encouraging? I don't know about you, but uh, uh, through uh, long periods of my life, I've suffered with depression. And I still remember the first time I read this in the New American Standard Version, I thought, whoa, I better check that out. Well, that's exactly what it says. God comforts the depressed. He comforts the downcast. He comforts the discouraged. And God is able to do that by his spirit through other people. Many times people who have the gift, the spiritual gift of encouragement. And so he was able to encourage God's servants. Uh, he was also a God's encourager to an entire church, a church that was in a crisis situation. Look at what Paul writes about Titus uh, here in verse 7. Uh, we were encouraged not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted in you. So this church uh, responded to Paul's letters. They responded to the ministry of Titus. It gave Titus comfort. He was able in turn to comfort the apostle. And notice it says, he reported to us your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. Titus was able to minister to that church at Corinth to the extent that they wound up being such an encouragement to him. He had a whole bunch to carry back when he went to visit Paul in prison. He was able to be an encourager and uh, a transforming agent 
in the church that was in crisis. And then we see how he was a bearer of a good report, or as we have just read in verse 7. Uh, he could bring back the good things that God was doing in that church. This is one of the fun things that I get to do as an interim pastor, is I get to go work with churches, and often as not, they're in some kind of a crisis. Most often it's a transitional time, which is not all that big a crisis, but there's some iffiness going on and uncertainty. Uh, how are we going to go on into the future? We need another pastor and so forth. And things begin to, to surface that need to be addressed. Well, I love to tell the good things that God has done in churches. And one of the reasons that uh, at this age I still love to go and work with churches is because of what God does. God does good things. I could tell you story after story, but then we'd be here way past dinner time. So um, God does good things. Now, when you talk to other people, it's always important to be a bearer of a good report. People may ask you, well, how are things going at Trinity? Well, what's your upfront response? You see, sometimes it's important that we deliberately think and be prepared with a good report. It's always more powerful to give a good report than to say uh, some negative thing. Uh, a lot of people can find negative things, but only godly people really see the good, the good things that need to be reported to encourage others. We also see here in chapter 7, verse 13, how... Uh, Titus was a man full of joy. Uh, I like Titus because uh, I identify with him. He was a joy scout. He was looking for joy. And you know what? Joy is one of the most powerful emotional things that we can experience. It's not just an emotion. It's something that uh, permeates our, our whole soul. It's the confidence that everything is all right because of who God is. And there's a joy comes in recognizing who God is and who we are in relationship with him. And Titus is described here, uh, Paul says, uh, besides our comfort, we rejoiced even much more for the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. There we know that Paul was from down south because he refers to y'all. And uh, I like that. Well, Titus was a man that uh, we should learn to imitate, learn to emulate, hang around with godly people, learn from godly people, so that we in turn can pass it on to others. And then in verse 15, uh, we see one of the most powerful things about this man Titus, and that is that he was genuinely affectionate toward those who were struggling in their new life in Christ. They're trying to learn to obey, but they're having a hard time. Boy, there's nothing as discouraging that somebody comes along and will, will say, hey, you're a Christian, shape up. You know, everything becomes new when you're a Christian. Well, yes and no, that's a very uh, misused word. We enter into a new reality, but we still have to learn how to walk with Christ. We need to learn how to recognize the Spirit of God working in us to obey God. 
We need to know uh, the ready availability of God's grace when we are tempted to sin. We know that displeases God. Jesus himself wouldn't engage in that. The Christ living in us doesn't want to do that. And so we appropriate God's grace to go with God, to obey the Lord Jesus. Uh, It's a wonderful uh, interrelationship uh, thing that we need to learn. And we learn from people that love us. I can remember uh, teachers going clear back to my first grade teacher, Mrs. Johnson. She was my teacher the year that uh, my mother died. But to this day, I remember Mrs. Johnson because I knew that she loved me. She cared about me. My third grade teacher, Mrs. Howells, even when I was in high school, I used to stop by her place for cookies. Uh, We knew that she loved us. It's that way and uh, throughout my life, I've always learned the most from people that I know really love me. And so let's be people who are affectionate uh, toward others, even though they're struggling with sin. And Titus was a man who was able to, to, uh, to show others how uh, to live Christ. That's something that uh, godly leaders uh, are able to do, and some uh, aspiring leaders are learning how to do that. And so encourage them on as they learn. Now, these God-given experiences prepared Titus uh, for effective service. Let's just run through a few of these quickly here. Uh, Because he was a Gentile, he was ideally suited to minister to Gentiles. He knew what it was like to be looked down upon from the Jewish people. Uh, He knew what it was like to have them move across the room so that they wouldn't be contaminated by being too close to him. He knew from experience the challenges of a Gentile in this new community that was forming out of the base of the heritage from the Jewish people. And so uh, he was a perfect person to fit into that. He also was a man who Uh, knew the gospel of grace by personal experience. He had already been to the big debates. He had heard the different opinions, and he knew how well to answer the people that would oppose the truth of the gospel of grace. And so we'll see that coming out uh, more emphatically in uh, the first chapter of Titus when we get into it, how he exhorts the elders to be able to refute false teachers, and not just refute them, but to win them over to the truth of the gospel. He was a man who had suffered as a Gentile Christian, and so he could identify with Gentiles who were being opposed and sometimes outright persecuted by some of these Jewish legalists who really didn't understand the gospel at all. And then, I love this, that Having proven his Christian integrity, he could be trusted with oversight of many churches there in the island of Crete. He was a man that didn't do what he did just for, just for money. Uh, he put himself out, oftentimes uh, being without necessary provisions, but God was always meet just the right needs of his people, and he had learned that 
in much of his travels with the Apostle Paul. And so he could be trusted uh, with the oversight. And he was a godly man who knew what to look for in appointing uh, those to oversee the church. I want you to see that uh, Titus became a person who could show others how to live Christ. He didn't just pop up all at once. And here I am, I'm Titus, I've got all you need. No, he wasn't like that. He was a regular person who learned just like we do. We go through life, as uh, my aunt, who was a professional counselor, used to remind me, she said, you know, we just muddle along. And that's kind of how we do. We just come along in life and, and we respond and learn and have experiences. And the more we turn our heart toward God, the more he is shaping in us to be a trustworthy person, a person who can show others how to live a godly life. And then we see how uh, a healthy church really needs uh, these kinds of leaders who can show others how to live Christ. Uh, One of the things that I enjoy the most are uh, one-on-one interaction with people where they'll have a real serious life question. Um, something like, well, I, I learned this at church about the sovereignty of God, but how come this bad thing happened over here? You see, as we begin to put life together in a fallen world with the truth of who God is and who we are by his grace, as we align ourselves with God's agenda for his people, We begin to see that we're not alone in this life. Uh, We see that we can continue to learn all along through this life. And we begin to discover more and more how good it is to live with the Lord Jesus day to day. I want to remind you that knowing Jesus is a very good deal. And I want you to trust that. And to be a person who desires to teach others. Listen, there are a lot of little Titus among us. There are people who need to be shown how. And God is raising up and cultivating them uh, for uh, very powerful ministries. Uh, I liked what Clifford said, that when he was a junior high, uh, went on a a trip to Guatemala with a church youth group. And uh, God really transformed his life. And so you pray for him as he continues to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, Pray for our present leaders. Pray that God would raise up future leaders uh, for his people here at Trinity. I want to encourage you to, to pray for the search committee as they go about their hard work. And uh, if I could just give you a clue as an outsider here, okay? Please don't keep asking the search committee what they're doing, all right? Uh, They're doing their work. It's all behind the scenes. It's hard work, and when they have some news, they're going to tell you, okay? But meanwhile, pray for them. This is hard work. Pray that they would be able to find a Titus or a Barnabas or a Paul. You know, God has them out there, and God can send them here to, to Trinity. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace in giving us godly examples. I pray that you would bless Trinity during this transition time. Thank you for the leadership that you have put here already and the stability that you have been bringing. We pray your grace upon those who bear the weight of leadership. We pray too, Lord, for those who lead ministries and uh, oversee care down to uh, the little ones among us. And we pray, Father, your grace to them, that they would be the kind of Christians who show others how to live Christ. For your great glory, we pray. Amen.